0: guys and girls, and welcome to the last podcast of Season 2019, our season wrap podcast for the Extended Bench. My name is Christian, and as always, on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, we've reached the end. It's we happened. Did it. oh we did it. We did it.
1: Grand finals, been and gone. Oh. Hopefully, you had some good results. I'm still pumped after winning our home keeper league oh final mate. yesterday. That, that came down when to the wire. The last... Three minutes of the season. Michael Walters, Michael Walters
0: came up came up good oh, it was we, we were all watching it. I think every member of our league was watching the end of that game. Which sucked because it was a genuinely awful game it was of horrible football.
1: So so I'll paint the picture. At half time, it's a lead of sixteen points and Sam Gray versus Walters. <laughs> It should not have got as close as it did. It
0: really should not have. It was incredible. So you, you came up the goods in the Keeper League final. I won one of our salary cap leagues, which was our paid salary cap league. So a little Very bit of cash done. coming my way. Pretty happy with that. Um, um,
1: the rest of our seasons aren't worth mentioning. No, we,
0: we don't talk about redraft. Case in point,
1: <laughs> my salary cap trades I made this week, the guys I brought in netted me 157 points. Gorn alone scored 154 I would have been better off making no trades and my emergency for Toby Green would have put me up above what my ins scored
0: I think you're in the same boat as a lot of coaches to be fair there was a lot of people jumping at shadows and trading at Max Gorn don't To be fair, they were big shadows. They were huge shadows. They were were Max Gorn-sized shadows. And they've done it before. They did it earlier (laughs) in the season, Melbourne. So they could have done it again. But those who held... I mean, the guy who took out the championship this year in AFL Fantasy won by four points. I think he was down by over 50 points. or There was a fair margin. There was a significant gap. The reason he won that is because the guy in first place ditched Max Gorn to be safe.
1: Which is what and, you do in first place. and You he, play the numbers.
0: And number two kept him. And that pushed him in front with that massive 154. So, I mean, we don't need to say more about I, that. I
1: think it pretty much summed up my salary cap here, to,
0: to be honest. <laughs> it, was, oh, it, it was amazing. So, great finish to the round. We hope some of you guys out there had some great matchups and you had some wins because, I mean, that at the end of the day, that's what fantasy football is all about. Yeah. I mean... Keeper League players out there, Keeper League coaches, we've always got something to look forward to in the off-season, but it is a long time off for those guys in redrafts or salary cap leagues to wait until the start of next year if you don't have the silverware at this time.
1: Absolutely. So, having said that, shall we have a look at some of the guys that may have won you
0: and lost you your your, uh, grand finals this week? Absolutely. We wanted to take a look at some of our grand final heroes and zeros. So, some of the guys that would have won you your matchup. And a couple of the guys you would have been expecting bigger things from that just tanked it and failed horribly. So, I mean, we all have so many of these this (laughs) time of year. Uh, Why don't you kick it off, Matt? We'll go line by line and we'll start in the defense and talk about a couple of the guys, a couple of our heroes.
1: Absolutely. So my hero in defense is Tom Stewart. Um, He's my hero as well. I mean... Great minds. Um, The main thing for me is that he scored 111... And his last three average was 90.6. So it's thing. just the step up when we really needed him in a game where, to be honest, we probably weren't expecting a lot from him. We then, probably weren't expecting there to be enough ball going in there for him to actually do that rebound and intercepting he does. But... I think
0: we all expected Carlton to put up a bit more of a fight in that game than they did. they would just yeah. shown so much over the past few weeks. And the other thing was, he was written off a little bit last week as well. Going up against Brisbane at the Gabba, he scored in the mid-90s, which was... Completely solid. I mean, that was just a, a great score. Great we score. Were, holders would have been really happy with that.
1: And I think people would have been happy with that in this game. But exactly. he just turned it up another 111 level.
0: 111 in the grand final. That's perfect. Have you got any honourable mentions for, uh, for no, your heroes? No, I've, I've got we- a couple here. Yeah. So I want to point out, and, and these guys are, are more the draft league guys, because mm-hmm. draft coaches out there, there would be those point. I mean, everyone's a point of difference, but there'd be those guys that... opposition coaches would be expecting a 70 or an 80 from that just pump out the big scores so a guy like Matty Suckling who had 116 Uh, in grand final week after averaging 85 for the year I mean
1: those are the sort of ones that get you the win
0: that, that gets you the win in your grand final. <laughs> yeah. And the same with uh, one of my boys. I love this kid. Xavier Dersma, 103 in the mm. grand final matchup. A lot of coaches in drafts would have been playing him on their fi- their field. Yep. Some salary cap coaches might have even been forced to back in defense. Yeah, coming and, up against Frio as well. And he was averaging 75 for the year. So, and I mean, that's a 28-point jump. Fantastic huge, from him. Huge. Um, so, the zeros. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, one Cade Simpson
0: Cade Simpson Okay Yep I like that
1: Shite most of the year <laughs> Coming good at the end of the year Three round average of 102 Coming into this game And what oh does God. he serve up In the grand final?
0: 58
1: a 58. 58 oh. Not good enough Cade
0: No that was aw- That was just a stinker And he, like you say He had put up A great his, run before that His
1: run leading into it Was great People would have been Expecting a decent score But mm-hmm. it just
0: Yeah That I one hurts um, It's my my zero for for defense this week was Connor Blakely. Now, yeah. why Connor Blakely? Because a lot of coaches might have been tempted by his matchup against Port Adelaide. A lot of coaches at the start of the year were expecting a move at some stage into the midfield and mm-hmm. draft coaches, especially. Oh yeah, he would have been owned in every draft league, and if he was playing, he would be on the field. So when he wasn't injured, he was on your field. He put up a 35 after averaging 75 oh, for the geez. year. That that's. Ugly. That's lost you matches right there. I mean, mm. I, I just can't That's explain it tough anymore. to come back from. And and just one more honourable mention to... uh Or dishonourable mention, I should say. <laughs> it, it really mention is, yeah. Zero, uh, is a guy that you own in your keeper league, Brandon Ellis. Oh, who, after geez. averaging 85 yep. for the year, really could have put in a bit more than 50 in the last game of the yes. season. Yes. <laughs> really could have really could have lost you the game mate you only won by what 8 points
1: Um, Something. 16 I think in the end I oh, was at 16 yeah. oh about
0: the uh, the tackle free kick and goal at the very end to Michael Walters yeah really that was young. what did it Um, right. but yeah that Brandon Ellis could have cost you and it would have cost a lot of coaches out there it would have Um uh, right, midfield you, you go first. All right. So my hero. It's it's an obvious. I've gone with a really obvious one here because he would have been owned by a lot of salary cap coaches. He was a massive POD heading into this week, and of course draft coaches might have chucked the captaincy on him if you own him. If captaincy is switched on in your league. Yep. And that's Lockie Neal. 162 after averaging 105 for the season. I wouldn't call him an Uber premium after his season because he's no. tagged so regularly. But 162 is just out of the box when
1: it's, it really matters. 51 touches.
0: Just insane. Wow. Um, Amazing. And I I can't say any more just other than if you owned Lockie Neal uh, and you had the captaincy (laughs) on him, you won your matchup this week. Straight
1: up. Oh, my God. It's interesting. I think we spoke about it last week. The last three years, there's been someone that's gone huge and they win the game and they win the matchup.
0: I I was going to say that's Lockie Neal, but whenever we have that guy in our draft leagues who steps up and comes (laughs) out of nowhere... I think my honourable mention might be him next, so uh, I, I'll uh, I'll let you. Well, my guy is is Paddy Patty Cripps. Paddy Cripps. Uh, he was great,
1: A- and the reason is. Stepping it up when we need him. Mm-hmm. So, he's a three-round average of 90, 136 this week versus Geelong. And the amount of people that would have been really considering ditching him in the last fortnight or so. I
0: even, did. You did? I considered ditching him. I, it took until the last minute and I thought, no, I've got to back in Crips against Geelong. They, they weren't, Geelong, like we said last week are one of those teams that do not give a shit about what opposition teams do. They back themselves in to win the ball, they don't tag, they don't run with players. Just like Richmond, and that's why Lachie Neal scored 162 when other teams have limited his scoring ability. So if your team next year is coming up against the likes of Collingwood, Richmond, Geelong, teams that back themselves in go all in on captaincy choices uh, against the... For your players that are playing
1: them. 100%. Um, anyone else you want to mention? Or uh, just, the zero. Just
0: quickly, so honourable mention to JPK. <coughs> 150 <coughs> in grand final week. That is my guy that jumped out of the box this week and won yeah. coaches grand finals. He's averaged 100 for the year, which has been bumped up by that 150. But coach opposition coaches would have been expecting him to score somewhere between 90 and 100 this week. They wouldn't have... No, 150s. Given, oh no, that's That's the JPK of three four years ago. Exactly. Um, and another little one to Jared Pollock, 124 with an 88 average for draft coaches. Yeah,
1: really good draft pickup up She's <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: All right, who have you got for your zero? Because there's a lot.
1: <laughs> it's a man that's uh, been near and dear to your heart <laughs> the last few weeks.
0: <laughs> Son of a bitch.
1: Tom Rockliffe.
0: Jesus Christ. So,
1: against Frio, of all teams, mm. Frio barely touched the ball in the second half of this game. It was just goal, centre clearance to Port, kick it into the forward line, goal, repeat, repeat, repeat. And In all of that, Rockliffe got
0: 68. Oh, my God. 68 to Tom Rockliffe. He was averaging well over 110 at one stage early in the season, and he brought his season average down to 99. That's how bad he's been over the past few... Like, over the past two months. Yeah. It's
1: just that this... End of the season perfectly encapsulates the second half of his year. Yeah,
0: and um, I just think that we can't trust Tom Rockliffe anymore. I think that's just something that we have to deal with. He's going to be another year older next year. These youngsters for Port Adelaide are going to get more time in the midfield. The Rosies, the Dursmans, and the considering Butters. considering
1: how inconsistent and average Port's been this year, mm-hmm. they have to do something different next year. They can't just keep rolling with the same... Same game plan I know
0: a lot of people Talk about a never again list And you know You think about Bringing them in next year And you're not sure exactly You know It always changes In a few months time But this is a guy That you have to put on Your never ever again list I just don't think He's going to be A solid fantasy contributor Next year Sadly
1: at the moment I'm in the same boat Having Uh, said that When we see how cheap He is next year
0: uh, We'll
1: probably Completely backflip on it Listen to
0: this podcast again Just remind yourself (laughs) Um, And uh, my zero Brad Crouch This week so after his big year, so 108 average, he was fantastic. A lot of people owned him in salary cap leagues, so it's a little bit negated there. Mm-hmm. But for draft league owners, a 62 is not enough. He would have lost you matchups being one of your top line. You're, you're going in
1: expecting at least 100, probably exactly.
0: closer to 110. Exactly. Um, and another guy probably to mention is Ben Cunnington, who. I know he's a deep draft guy. He's averaged mid 80s this year, 85 average before this week. He's gone a 39 in grand final oh, week. Thank you very much. I
1: hadn't even seen that one. That's horrible.
0: 39 in grand final and week. And
1: he's usually that set and forget guy that you just don't worry about. You just
0: guarantee an 85 to a 95 generally. Sometimes he goes a little bit higher than that.
1: Yeah, but, but he's just, you stick him in your team at the beginning of the year and you don't look at him again.
0: Yeah. So, I, I think draft coaching oh, be horrible. livid. It's shocking. That is horrible. Uh, we'll move on to the ruck line, shall we? Yep. Who's your ruck hero, my friend?
1: It's got to be gone.
0: It's, I, I it's think, got to
1: be gone. But yeah. it's it's not even an honourable mention. It's a split award, Gorn and Wits. See,
0: I've gone Wits as my hero. The, so, you can go Gorn, I'll go Wits, and then there's an even spread.
1: And for Gorn, it's the fact that everyone was doubting he was going to play, everyone was concerned about him. If you had the balls to keep him, <laughs> you, he well, is your hero
0: it, well, he won me my salary cap matchup pretty much. The guy I played dropped gone, I kept him, and yep. I won by about seventy odd points. yep he's a
1: big reason why I won my keeper league matchup yep. um and Wits is the guy that you suggested last week could be an option to bring in mm-hmm. for him if you needed. And amazingly, exactly the same score. (laughs) Well,
0: if you did trade Max Gorn out for someone, at the very least, I hope it was Jared Witts. Because at least you could sit back and say, right, it wouldn't have been any different any other way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think Witts is mine, Gorn is yours, both for very good reasons. But then again, you can chuck some honorable mentions (laughs) on Grundy, Westhoff, Jacobs, I mean... Grundy had bloody 149, and I thought that was going to be by far the biggest ruck score going into the weekend <laughs> on Friday night. Yeah. Um, Westhoff scored in the one, uh, 115, uh, Jacobs scored a 120 as well. I mean, there, there were a lot of big scores. scores this the rock line was fantastic. I didn't really have too many zeros, except for, and I'm going to let you, you say them.
1: <laughs> so I had two guys that I found. Um <laughs> <laughs> this was actually this was one of the harder ones to come up with, but I'm going to go Goldie. Yep, sixty versus Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's not what you're terri- expecting. No, it's just terrible. And if you owned him, like he's only six, he was only six percent owned in salary, but ninety-eight percent started in Ultimate Footy. So exactly. if you owned him in Ultimate Footy, you were playing him, mm-hmm. and you were expecting at least an eighty-five.
0: Draft coaches would be expecting an eighty-five at the very minimum. And after last week's effort by Goldie, you might be even expecting a hundred.
1: 60 against Gorn was just...
0: No. And, and the, the second guy that you've mentioned on your list as well, Matt, Ben yeah. McAvoy, we have to mention him because he is very playable in draft leagues in ultimate fleet. Yeah.
1: And I, I know for a fact there are at least some people that were wondering whether after his first game back, sort of getting back up to speed, mm-hmm. he and Sigler might
0: have swapped roles and he might have gone... Back into the ruck. Back into the ruck. He did he not. He put up
1: 17.
0: In defense. He was played at fullback. So and it worked. Alistair Clarkson's coaching move it beat West Coast. It was a, it was an awesome coaching it, move. It right
1: worked, there. but oh, it, it just hurt fantasy. And he's out another there. guy. If you owned him, you were probably playing him.
0: You're not streaming uh, Ben McAvoy. He's starting on your field, so yeah. that sucks. alright All
1: right, Forward line. You first.
0: Uh, Obvious one for me, and I think you've got the same guy, Jeremy Cameron, 154 after an 88 average. That gap there, uh, that is just huge. That's massive. He would have easily won you games. I mean, we knew coming into the season, as soon as the fixtures were announced, we knew that whoever's taking on Gold Coast (laughs) in the last round, go all in on those guys. So a lot of people planned for it.
1: Nine goals versus Gold Coast. The Uh, perfect Streaming game. you know. I, think I, I don't s- think you could do a better streaming no. option than this.
0: I think I saw on Twitter as well that the guy we mentioned earlier who was in second place in the uh, standings for AFL Fantasy yep. brought in Jeremy Cameron this cool. week as a ballsy move. Masterpiece. So he kept gone for the 154 and brought in Jeremy Cameron for his 154. I mean, bravo. Bravo. Just... Hats off. Come on. That guy deserves the car. Holy hell.
1: (laughs) I hope that doesn't go through the speaker. as just a really lonely single clap. No, no, it's not. (laughs) We were both clapping at the same time, just in sync. Um,
0: Okay, so just a couple of honourable mentions for me in the forward line. Gary Ablett, 121 after an 89 average. Very good, yep. Really good. Um, And Lance Franklin. A lot Mm. of people picked him up off waiver lists after he'd been out for so long. Uh, He had a 78 average before that, and he came in for 107. Yeah,
1: I mean, his 300th game, I mean, it was.
0: His last minute pickup in a draft league would have been huge for any coach. Absolutely. Out there. Um, all right. Who's Zeros. <laughs> I think we've got the same zero game. I think haven't. we do. Oh my Is God. it Billings? It's Billings. Holy 55 shit.
1: 55 versus Sydney. His now, three round average going into this was 101.
0: He was so bad. We watched this game. Uh, we had about five of us guys in our, <laughs> our leagues just sitting around on a couch watching this together. I did not see Billings once for an entire quarter at one stage. It was shocking. It was amazing. I mean, and Sydney have been giving up points lately as well. That was the other thing that just completely confused me. So, yeah, Billings, 55 after a 99 average this year. Awful. Yep. Yeah. You're my zero a- for the and grand final.
1: A-, a dishonorable mention to Warple. Yeah. As Warple. a potential trade-in target for a lot of people this week, particularly with the news Green mm-hmm. was out, 67 versus West Coast. Um, not the end of the year we were hoping for. Him. Not good. Uh,
0: Isaac Heaney, 57 after a 90 average as well. Not good. And by far the worst for draft coaches. This one just stings. Sam Petrevsky seaton averaging over 80 going into this week, has brought his average down to 78 with a 26 in grand final week. Oh. Coaches would be livid. He would be your your forward three probably yeah. in a lot of draft leagues. So, yeah. Oh my god, that is just absolutely shocking. Um, that hurts. I'm, I mean, the ups and downs there. Talking about the heroes is great, but talking about the zeros <laughs> in grand final, it yeah. just hurts so much. So we're going to move on from there. Alrighty,
1: let's roll on to something that that's a little bit more um enjoyable
0: well, for, for uh, the listeners yeah, at least. Yeah, not for us. This is um this is a little bit embarrassing. So we're going to revisit some of the big calls that we made in uh in preseason. So Matt and I. We, uh, we went through and decided who was going to be the top rookie for the year yep the, uh, some of the line breaking players um, yep. in, so across every line
1: I think our thinking was because last year we did the who's going to finish top in each line yep we thought that was going to be too easy this year. In hindsight, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I mean...
1: There were a few that we... We, we yeah. both
0: tipped Whitfield as defence top, and he was the top. Uh, we both tipped um, McRae to be the top averaging midfielder, and I yep. think he was the top averaging midfielder. Um, we both tipped Grundy as the ruck, um, yep. and I think we both tipped Dangerfield as the top averaging forward, and that wasn't too far off either. Not
1: too far off. But um, anyway, we thought so, it was going to be too easy, exactly. so what we've done instead is... Beginning of the year, we picked who we thought might come from outside of that top six to break into the mm-hmm. top six for each of the lines except Rock, because we knew it was going to be gone and Grundy.
0: Yeah, so who was going to come in from outside the starting top six at the beginning of 2019? Um, and in addition to that, uh, we also picked our, uh, our breakout player of the year. Yeah, that's ugly as well. So uh, <laughs> we'll go through our... our um, uh, Line-by-line line calls yep. here. All right. So, so,
1: defense first. Yeah. Your big call, th- the guy you thought was going to break into the top six uh, defenders, Yeah. Shannon Hearn.
0: Yeah. He, Look,
1: his actual score, he averaged 91.4 off 19 games, which puts him 10th.
0: It's not bad, but it's not great. It's I think not- he was 8th heading into last year. Or heading into the start of this yeah. year. And he slipped back a little bit. The injuries didn't help. Mid-season, he,
1: w- he was right in that conversation. Oh,
0: he was he was a top four defender mid-season before those soft tissue injuries. But yep. he, he got the old man carbs and yep. um, unfortunately missed out.
1: Slid late. My call, um, unfortunately, was <laughs> even worse. I went Brody Smith, who averaged For 87.
0: 87 off 22 games. Look, he brought it home in the last... Three or four games of the, Just the season, Just think what the average would have been if he hadn't done that. Dominated. Game. So but he
1: finished 13th overall yeah, so in defenders. So we did not do well, not great, unfortunately. Who should we have actually gone for? Mm. Tom Stewart. Tom, Absolutely. 95 Stewart. average off 22 games. Mm-hmm. Hooli.
0: Oh, what, what kind of jump was that? Who expected that preseason?
1: 103 off 19. That's do you ridiculous. know how big a jump Hooli had? He went up by 29.3 yeah. points on last year.
0: It's absolutely ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that.
1: Especially uh, at his age. That's uh, huge. Insane. Um, and then honourable mentions to Caleb Daniel, Nick Newman, um, also would have
0: been decent options for us, but not but, quite there. But we didn't go there. No. All right, what's the midfield looking like, Matt? Where did um, we go?
1: You went with Matt Crouch. Uh, he actually averaged 106.2 off 19 games and finished 8th overall. So he so sneaks in. You got one. <laughs>
0: yes. Good job. Uh, Matt Crouch, I mean, that's a little bit of a cop-out because Matt Crouch was, again, sitting just outside. But he wasn't uh, as popular a pick as he should have been at the start of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, He I had his ups and a downs, bit but I mean, he is a big scoring player. When yeah, he's absolutely, on, as evidenced by his 150 in grand final this yeah. week.
1: Um, and then my call is potentially the worst <laughs> one of all. Do you want to read this one out?
0: Yes, you went with Gus Brashaw, who, who <laughs> averaged 88 from 22 games, ranking himself 54th.
1: That's uh, 54th amongst pure midfielders.
0: Oh, my God. I actually thought that was 54th in the competition No, for a that's moment. pure oh, midfielders. God. That is so bad. Has there been a
1: worst call this you year? You thought
0: you went safe as well, mm-hmm. because I think he was sitting about 10th over for midfielder average last year. <laughs> you thought, right, he's definitely going to sneak up two places. He did not.
1: No, not only did he not sneak up two places, he... Yeah, oh, we'll move on. That was horribly awful. And, horrible. And, the, and
0: the actual results, so Matt Crouch, obviously, yep. was a good one. The guy we
1: should have gone, though, Tim Taranto, 113 right. of all 22 games. Amazing year.
0: After averaging basically 90 the year before, um, he was absolutely epic. That yep. that jump was insane, and he looks like a fantasy mainstay for the rest of his career now. Um, all right, board line. Board
1: Alan, lines. At- So you went with Billings. who averaged 98.5 of 22 games, ranked fifth of forwards.
0: Oh, shit. You've got another one. Holy hell. We'll put
1: aside that last horrible game, (laughs) the grand final performance, but overall... Good call. He- I, f-
0: I feel pretty filthy, but um, <laughs> Billings, yeah. He, To be fair, he had a very good season. He just stunk it up in the last game of the year when it mattered. So yeah. overall, you wanted to have him throughout the season. You just wanted to be one of those lucky coaches out there who thought to himself, hmm, I don't have much else to do this week. I might trade Billings. <laughs>
1: I can almost guarantee nobody (laughs) thought that this round.
0: Um, Um, Okay, and your call?
1: I went with Travis Boak.
0: Travis Boak Averaged
1: 105. That was
0: an awesome call. Ranked
1: third of forwards.
0: That preseason call was amazing. And yeah, yeah, I'm glad I got one at least. So uh, Travis Boak and Billings were two great options to bring in. Anyone else in there?
1: The other guy that we could have gone with, but we definitely never would have was Rowan Marshall no 99 Rowan of Marshall. 20 games that,
0: that was epic and he's going to be a guy that we might have to consider next year for uh, in the Ruck lineup you know well I'm... he'll
1: be a, he'll be a Ruck only next year we won't have the luxury yeah. of playing him as a forward but it depends what St. Kilda do with their Ruck lineup if they bring someone else in I'm uncertain what will happen for him but if if he's still solo Rucking
0: it's, it's going to be interesting and he, it, hopefully no one else out there gave up uh, Rowan Marshall for Tom Hickey and that's that's all I'll say on the subject. <laughs> Moving right along, you won the keeper league this year, though, with Tom Higgins. So. I
1: would have won it so much more comfortably <laughs> if I picked up Marshall, though.
0: Oh, you would have done it at a cakewalk, mate. All right.
1: So, um, our breakout player. So, this is where we tried to pick someone that we thought would take a massive jump this year. Um, third year breakout, fourth year breakout, fifth year breakout. Just that that guy that you can pick from, kind of left field, that's going to really push you up the rankings. You went with the same guy you picked last year. Oh, Second time was not the charm. You know, I... W- <laughs> Ryan Clark. Fuck. So you... And you even picked a score for him. You thought he was going, going to go in the high 80s. Yeah, I don't
0: know why I did that.
1: So do you want to know what he actually went to? <laughs> no, I don't. 62.
0: Oh, of
1: 14 games. <laughs>
0: Playing as <is> a tagger. <laughs> and for you know Sydney. what?
1: It was worse than his 2018, <laughs> where he went at 70.4 <laughs> off 19 games.
0: <laughs> <He> was- <laughs> Oh, man. He was deemed such a big failure in 20, 2018 as well.
1: Not only did he not break out, he, oh, he went backwards, man. He broke
0: in. That's what he did. He broke <laughs> he in. He broke in. Oh, Third time's the charm next year? Sweet Jesus. No. I, You know the other thing is I went back to the podcast that we talked about all of this earlier this week, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, I re- remember tossing up between him and someone else, and it was Dom Sheed. <laughs> Who averaged ninety five point six this year? I could that have would have been that. a breakout. Oh god,
1: that would have been a breakout.
0: Okay, yep. having
1: said that, mine's not a lot better. I went Andy Brayshaw, and I also picked a score. I picked <laughs> eighty five.
0: His a year actual, early,
1: yeah, I think I think it is just a year too early. His actual score was sixty nine and a half of twenty two, mm, three points better than his. Debut yeah. year. I think third year breakout, he will actually come good. I think good. he's
0: going to be very good next year. I jumped the gun by a year, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, guys that we should have gone with. Marshall, we already mentioned. Mm-hmm. He went from 70.5 points off 12 games to 99.2 off 20. Yep. 28.7 extra points this year.
0: Yeah, that's... Awesome. I mean, that's insane.
1: Warple. 68.2 off 9 games to 96.7 off 22. That's a jump of 28.5 points.
0: Stupid. I mean... Awesome. I'm very, very interested to see what Tom Mitchell coming back into that midfield does next Me year. Me too. And the fact that Warple is going to be a pure midfielder, we are all 100%. aware of this. 100%. I'm, my Warple stocks are going way down at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I. This was the year to own him in draft leagues and keeper leagues especially. Absolutely. Hopefully you owned him Keepers
1: is still push- worthwhile, but he'll drop yeah. back for a couple of years before he, he bounces will. back. I think next year, my guess is he's going to go... High 80s, yeah, mid to I, high 80s. I, I, that's I'd what say. I'm
0: thinking. I'm hoping that maybe Alastair Clarkson just keeps the centre lineup of Tom Mitchell, Jaeger, O'Meara and James Warple. If that happens, yeah. so if he's one of the the three, then he should still score very well. Maybe yeah. an average in the high 90s would be sustainable. But if he's not and he gets pushed out a little bit, especially yeah. if you know they do lure Cornelio back there or Chad oh, Wingard yeah. takes a bit of time, it's, it's, it's going to be really yeah. interesting. To I see. mean they.
1: Titch will come back Titch can Titch will probably was getting possessions from a hospital bed while he was having surgery <laughs> he's that good
0: pretty much
1: but it, the thing is it does take time for guys to come back from those sort of injuries mm. so he won't be back to 100% at the beginning of next year so Warple will still be able to score a bit just
0: not to this level not not quite up to that um, Hooley we already spoke Hoolie,
1: about 29.3 points he jumped <sighs> by we could hardly call him a breakout player though because he's I think he's 30, 31. No, but um, still, that's 30 huge additional jumps. players. It's
0: not quite a breakout, but it's a massive jump. That's huge insane.
1: Jump. And then just quickly, an honourable mention to Riley O'Brien, who has come from absolutely nowhere.
0: Just come from the clouds. and uh,
1: <laughs> Set the world on fire. It
0: was insane. Um, and that'll lead us onto our best cash cow call. Yes. Um, now, we, went, segue. we, we also uh, said that besides Walsh, so we weren't yep. allowed to choose Walsh going into this because we all assumed that if he wasn't going to be the top cash cow, P-P he right was going man. to be one, two, or maybe three. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, without choosing Walsh in the preseason, I can't remember who you went with. Who did you go with?
1: <laughs> um, hately.
0: Oh, oh! Look, two hundred
1: and forty-four k to begin with. Um, And I picked he was going to play more games than your pick as well, Mm -hmm. who we'll get to in a second. But Haightley, he actually played seven games. He got up to 403,000. It's an increase of 159. Good, not great.
0: Not great. So still, a lot of people owned him, and that 159 would have come in very handy. But I'm pretty sure the guy that I went did a little bit better.
1: The guy you picked absolutely destroyed Uh, Haightley. You went Xavier Dersmer. Who not only started cheaper at two hundred and thirty six k, he played twice as many games as Hately with fourteen. He's almost final... three
0: times as many games. Um, oh, sorry, no, he played fourteen games. My yeah,
1: bad. Yeah. His actual score that he ended, uh, his actual final price he ended up with was five hundred and fifty thousand. Um, oh no! Sorry, you picked he was going to play fourteen games. He that actually was, played twenty. He played
0: twenty games. That was it. So he almost, he almost tripled, tripled Haightley's Hayley. yeah. um,
1: and increased his price by three hundred and fourteen k. it
0: was intense. And Great he pick. is he is going to be a very good fantasy player as well. When he, yeah. fi- I think he's going to be that wingman uh, sort of maybe an Andrew Gaff role. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. got a, he's got a fair bit more skill, I would say, though, than Andrew Gaff at, at his yeah, age. Yeah, I would say so. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting yeah. to see what he develops into. um Really
1: like him. Um, who we should have picked?
0: I think this is the number one guy. Look, I, I want to just quickly uh, step in here and say that a lot of people are saying that Sam Walsh is the best cash cow of the season, is the best rookie of the season for fantasy. He's not. No. He's, he's the, the second best. He's
1: the best rookie from a football
0: perspective. 100%. No question. He is winning the Rising Star nomination. 100%. By oh, just Not the best amount. fantasy cash cow, though. No. 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 That no. person was Riley O'Brien. I mean, this guy started so much cheaper than Sam Walsh. So Sam Walsh started at 270k, Riley O'Brien was 232k. Yep. Riley O'Brien increased by $511,000 to a total of 743k at his peak, compared to 402k and 672k at his peak for Sam Walsh. Well, yep. He's almost, I mean...
1: He almost played as many games as well. Yeah. Walsh played all 22. O'Brien played 18.
0: He put, he made more than 100,000 than Walsh did. So yep. he would have netted you that bit extra. Look, obviously you wanted to own both of them. But mm. just comparing their seasons from a cash cow point of view... Riley O'Brien's in front. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. It was incredible. And also, honorable mention to Charlie Constable.
1: Absolutely. Started at 180K. (laughs) Basement price, he increased by 330 to 500K off only seven games and then was never heard or seen Uh, again.
0: I really hope that. He finds his way to another team, or Geelong start their midfield list cull very soon. I, I can't see them doing it in the middle of a massive premiership mm. window by the looks. Nah. But if they get Jack Stephen, Jack Stephen is coming straight into that midfield in the off season. Absolutely. Sam Menegola's is still there. He's going to demand a little bit of time. You've got Lukey Dowhouse running I, through. I don't there know, as know well. that
1: Menegola's is going to be best twenty
0: two. He might not be. That's the thing.
1: He's not going to be getting games next Menegole year. If Menegola's
0: is not best twenty two, then. Constable Constable isn't best 22 either which means that he'll be languishing in the VFL horrible for keeper league coaches Mm -hmm. because he's got a massive future in him if he can just get some game time under his wings absolutely so it's going to be interesting to see okay so what's next? the the big calls weren't great Uh, I think we're
1: something like three for about 20 there so (laughs) we'll just move on
0: Oh god! Um, what I wanted to do is just quickly go through and look at who the top twenty-two averaging players were. So who the best defenders, midfielders, rocks, and forwards were that you needed to own throughout the year, and just see if there was any any guys that surprised us through the year. Was there anyone that really jumped out and surprised you? this year.
1: there definitely were.
0: <laughs> who who I mean, Taranto just off the gun. We've already spoken about him, but yep. one hundred and thirteen off of his twenty two games. Yep. He played every game uh,
1: so I had him in my salary cap team for a lot of the preseason, moved him out late because I thought he was a little bit too risky. Yep. I was expecting him to break out just not to this extent. He was amazing this year.
0: Off the back of that average, yep. so he'll be priced very high next year would you start the year with him in 2020? Would you be tempted? Because he won't be as popular because there will be cheaper options. I
1: I think you've got to look for value. So it depends who else is around and who's underpriced. The thing for him this year was he was value. He was underpriced for what he could do as a breakout. That's not going to be the case next True. year.
0: I always like to start with at least one, maybe two guys in the midfield though. Even if they're at the top of their price, they're going to start the season with a bang and mm-hmm. they're going to they are going to be guys that you have in your team at the end of the year. Yeah,
1: you think they're top eight and you're starting the year with them so you don't have to bring them in exactly. later. Exactly. So he could be one
0: of those guys. Maybe mm-hmm. um, Josh Kelly would be one of those guys as well. He's going to be yeah. a little bit cheaper because of all those injuries. I'd be
1: more inclined for Kelly because he will have a... Yeah, he will have some more injury-affected games. He'll be a little bit cheaper.
0: Yeah, um, but players like Brad Crouch, I'm probably not looking at next year because this seems like the peak for him. Absolutely. Having
1: said that, really nice to see both the Crouch brothers in that top eight.
0: It's crazy. kind of cool. The top eight midfield was uh, Kelly, McRae, Trelaw, Taranto, Gaff, Zach Merritt, Brad Crouch, and Matt Crouch rounding that out. I mean, we knew what this was going to look like come round 15, pretty much.
1: Yeah, about half of those guys you could have picked going in. More than half, probably. Um,
0: The defender that really jumped out was obviously Stewart. We talked about him a bit, but Crisp is one yeah. who really has cemented himself as a bit of a fantasy defender mainstay. Yep, absolutely. So, and I
1: think he'll stay there for the next couple of years at least. Mm-hmm. As, um, as long
0: as he can retain that. So he, I, I think he definitely keeps his defender status <laughs> next year, no question. Yep. But if they move him much more through the midfield, they started to do it towards the end of the year. Keep an eye out for 2021 Any fantasy keeper. Yeah, I, out I there. still
1: think their midfield's that strong they're not really going to need to I-, I think he'll stay primarily defense.
0: Yeah. And in the forward line, Toby Green. He was the one that really yeah. caught my eye this year and he's going pa- to
1: particularly because of those late games where he played a lot of midfield mm-hmm. minutes. I'm not necessarily convinced the same thing's going to happen next year. What it's if- more likely if Canelio goes. That's what
0: I'm thinking. If Canelio's not there, how do you feel about it then?
1: I want to see p- want to see the preseason and see what's going on like if if Green is looking like he's going to have midfield minutes to start the year he's probably the only top line forward we're still going to have access to next year in salary cap so I I would be very tempted to start with him because if I rattle off the top six forwards we've got Dunkley Danger Boak Marshall Billings and Green of them Green is the only one that's Mm -hmm. going to be a forward next Mm -hmm. year
0: I think that leads nicely into what I want to quickly talk about now. I just want to have a look at the defense lines and have a quick look at the forward line as well and see who's going to be keeping that defensive status, that forward status, and who's going to be likely losing it. Mm. So this is obviously a question we have to wait until January or February next year for when uh, AFL Fantasy release their uh, their position changes. But I think it's pretty easy to see that for the defensive line, the only guy I can really see in that top six who loses his status is Lockie Whitfield. And that's just no question for me. I think Lockie Whitfield is a pure midfielder next year. Yep. And uh, which means that we lose our highest averaging defender yes. from the year. Uh, but we still keep Lloyd. Yep. We still keep Hooley.
1: Hooley will drop off, though. He can't maintain it. No, this. he's not
0: going to maintain that. Crisp is still there Laird is still there Stewart is still there yep. Doherty's is the big one for me He's coming back in He's going to yep. be super cheap Everyone's going to own Absolutely that 100% No question But
1: temper your expectations He's coming off two ACLs Yeah
0: And I really like the idea Of starting the year With Caleb Daniel next year because Yeah Because he'll, he'll get some uh, A little bit of a price reduction For his injuries Absolutely He was injury affected In a couple of his games Which kept his average A little bit lower Than it could have been mm-hmm. And he looked terrific When he was on the park this year Playing a great role so so yep. you could very well, the team you might, or the defensive lineup you might want at the end of 2020 could be Lloyd, Hooley, Crisp, Laird, Doherty, and Caleb Daniel. Could yep. very well be could something be. like that. Could with be Stewart, maybe Nick Newman, a Zach Williams even thrown in there.
1: Yep. I'll throw another couple of names at you very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely spotted it up this year, but <laughs> Alex Witherden. Yes. There's a reason everyone was really high on him at the beginning of this year. Is this the year he had to have? Is Luke Hodge going to retire? Mm. Is he going to bounce back next year?
0: I'd back him in to bounce back. I would honestly back him in to bounce back. I love a bit of Alex Witherton. He's he's just got that natural uh, footy awareness. He knows where to place himself. This year has been a little bit different. The ball Mm -hmm. hasn't been down in defense as much, and they like to slingshot it very quickly, not chip it around in the yeah, back line. Yeah.
1: they've used Rich a lot more than Witherden but yeah. I think moving forward there is a role for both of them in the team I agree um, and
0: especially with Hodge moving out then instead yeah. of being three key distributors from defence there'll be two
1: yep yeah. um, and the other name I'll throw at you is Blakely yeah. now this is dependent heavily on who the new coach is at Frio and how they want to use him
0: and also for me what happens with players like Brad Hill um, mm-hmm. if you bring any other key inside midfielders yeah. in over the off season yeah. Um, but I like it. If he's playing midfield in the preseason next year and he's yeah. fit, has a preseason under his belt, go for it in defense. I love yeah. that call. Um okay, so I'll look at the forward line quickly here yes. and this is where Armageddon happens. Oh, this, this is gonna be ugly. This is horrible. So Josh Dunkley, midfielder. Yeah, Patrick Dangerfield, midfielder, Travis Boak, Rowan Marshall is a ruck only next year, no yeah. question about it. Jack Billings loses Forward status. That is our top five forwards right there, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And Toby Green is the only one from the top six who keeps forward yeah. status.
1: Who might revert back to a pure for- forward role.
0: Which would massively hurt his scoring once again, which was yeah. why he wasn't even thought about in the top six at the start of the yeah. year. And he was performing very poorly, very yeah. average.
1: Yeah, and I think if you actually. Roll down that list a little bit further as well. From memory, the next three or four guys as well are exactly the same.
0: Don't get me started. Dusty Martin, there's a big question mark on that. He could very well be just a midfielder. He has played, I think, enough to keep him as a forward. I think AFL Fantasy sort of like to have one or two marquee players in those positions. Yeah. And I think Dusty could be one. Mm -hmm. So, he could maintain forward status. Could. Exactly. But he wasn't even a top six forward this year on average. So... Mm -hmm. There's not... Yeah, maybe the only thing that pushes him up there is the fact that we've lost so many top-averaging guys. Tim Kelly is losing forwards. Mid-only. No question. James Warple losing that. Mid-only. Caleb Daniels, a defender only. Yep. Um, Mitch Robinson is our defender slash midfielder. Yep. From what I've seen this year. And then our second-best forward is Michael Walters.
1: <sighs> that, on
0: average. That is our next-best forward, on average. So... We lose Ed Kernow after that as well. He's a pure midfielder. Jeez. Um, Isaac Heaney keeps forward status. So our top three at but the moment is looking like Green, Walters and Heaney. I am
1: not comfortable with this at all. No.
0: We lose Jack Zeeble after that. He is a midfielder <laughs> only. And then we get into Tom Lynch from Adelaide. Yep. Ranga Lynch. Gary Ablett. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Cameron. We have a key forward in our current top six averaging forwards. Which are going to still have forward status next year.
1: So we're going to need a lot of people to step up next year. We need
0: some big DPP changes. And to be honest, I can't see any massive averages in there. I mean...
1: It'll be interesting to see how next year plays out. I think very, very early mail, but I'm... At this stage, thinking just off that, next year I'm going to have a lot of rookies in my forward line. Absolutely.
0: Stack rookies in your forward line. That is 100% what I would be doing. That's a great call.
1: So, um, (laughs) we'll see what happens when the positions come out in a few months, though.
0: Oh, my God. It's awful. Um, I I want to get away from that because I don't like looking at our forward lines (laughs) next year. It's not going to be good. Alrighty, Let's Uh, move on. um, So, I guess, I guess we should talk about the risk it for the biscuit results (laughs) for 2019. Now, this is... Of course, this is our favorite game to play during the year. What we aim to do is we're wanting to find that one guy on your waiver list who can come onto your draft team, play on field, and he's going to score great for you that particular week. So if you've got a tough matchup, if you're the underdog, uh, if you've got injuries, you know, you need someone streamable, this is the guy that you can bring in for that one particular week. Now, as evidenced by our choices throughout the year... Most likely, they're not the guy that you want to give. You. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm just going to straight off the bat. I won this year. Um, leading Yay. into this round, it was eight to six in my favour. <laughs> Finishing the round, it was nine to six in my favour. But considering the fact that we're picking two guys every week the fact that the final score was 9 to 6 i don't think anyone really wins this game
0: <laughs> no no i think we are we are definitely going to have to maybe extend the uh, the percentage of ownership range out because even uh we normally go with 50% as the limit yeah. but even a 60 70% aver- uh, he- ownership difference. yeah um, the average of those guys the ability to score much better is obviously higher but also you know, there's still a lot of teams out there who don't... Or still a lot of leagues out there who Where don't they, own those yeah. players. So, I think that that's definitely something yeah. that needs to be done.
1: So, this final round, you picked Jacob Dawson from <laughs> oh, Gold Coast um, for 72. And that's Aaliyah Aaliyah for 64. I selected Callum Brown for 65. Mm. And Brent Daniels for 77 for my sole point Your for the round. point for the
0: round. So... Uh, so you win.
1: I and win, but I still feel like it's a loss to everyone. Yeah, so.
0: I feel like it's a loss to everyone as well because I don't even have a trophy to give to you. Even though I have won for the past <laughs> two years running, this is your first victory. Yep. And I do believe that the loser sometime two years ago was supposed to make a trophy.
1: I Where's, have, I, where's
0: the trophy that I can give to you? Look, <laughs>
1: I've got some amazing ideas <laughs> in my mind. I've just never got around to actually... Creating them, they
0: better be amazing because I've so, taken you two years to think about. Like <laughs>
1: they're going to be really subpar when I actually get around to doing it, which I might now considering that I own the trophy.
0: Oh my god! All right, so I want to quickly talk about some of the guys that you've put on your watch list early. I mean, this is early, early calls. Yeah. Cool. But I do I do want to bring some of these up because research starts now, guys. Yes. So your 2020 research starts now after the finals, and there's still a lot of AFL footy to be played where we can monitor how our fantasy players are going.
1: And it's important to watch guys during the finals because they don't include final scores in your
0: average. Absolutely. So keep an eye on those no, Not
1: in your AFL fantasy average. So when you look at the app at the beginning of the year... Those are their home and away averages. So if they really sputter it up or if they really smash it during finals, that's not included. So watch and keep an eye on those and scores. And coaches
0: notice that. If you do terribly during finals, good luck getting time on the ball next year. But if you perform out of your skin like a Dom Sheet did, you're going to get more time in the midfield. So yeah, just uh, keep an eye on those scores through the finals. Now... Who are the early guys that you like the look of for next year?
1: All righty. So I've broken this down into salary, redraft, and keep up. There's a few guys that sort of cross a a few of those different categories. But salary, I'm looking at some breakout potential guys. So Andy Brayshaw, um, who I went this year, I probably jumped the gun by. I think next year is the year that he could really break out, judging by some of his late season games.
0: I I really like Andy Brayshaw.
1: Uh, likewise Hunter Clark you saw some of his late season games awesome I think he'll be a bit underpriced Mm -hmm. in salary cap you could jump on there Um, there's been a couple of late games from Bailey Fritch that I've really liked Mm -hmm. and he should have forward status again next year Uh, so he might be one of those slightly underpriced mid price guys you could look at in the forward line agreed agreed Uh, Dan Houston really interesting really interesting
0: he could still keep uh, defensive status because he did play there a fair bit during the year. He played up forward a little bit too but then yep. at the end of the year he maintained midfield.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. And as we said earlier with Port needing to refresh their midfield somehow mm-hmm. I think he probably stays in there. Well, I'm, I'm hoping he stays in there.
0: God, I hope so. <laughs> so
1: he could be underpriced in salary cap and I really like him in redraft and keepers as well. I like it. Um Hugh McCluggage He's going to be the Taranto of next year. You reckon? So, Hugh McCluggage
0: be... had a big jump this year.
1: I reckon he'll jump again. He'll jump
0: again? Interesting. I have the opposite thoughts there, because I think, really? I think that teams are going to know this is the guy you have to pay attention to in the midfield. Mm-hmm. He is their prime mover now. He is Interesting. So, it's just a matter of whether Lockie Neal and Dane Zorko can perform to such incredible heights to attract taggers away from him so if you think that they can mm-hmm. and let's face it Lockie Neal very well could I mean teams have to year. pay attention to them, him so you know maybe Hugh McCluggage can just stay in the shadows nobody notices him
1: yeah. But I mean you would have thought that too about Taranto going into this year That's that true. he was one of their prime one of their best ball users they've got Kelly they've got Whitfield they've got Cogs, and yet he put up the scores that he yeah, did this year. I
0: guess you're right. Yeah. So, so that's, that could be massive. No, yeah. he won't have as big a jump because he's averaging in the, the mid high nineties, but he's still going to have a jump. So I like enough. it.
1: Um, Florent, Oliver Florent from Sydney. Mm,
0: that's risky, but I he's like a
1: it. much riskier option, but I have liked what he's done towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I just find his numbers, he's gone 69.3 for the year. But 895 off his last five. I like it. So I, I like him as a bit of a riskier option.
0: He'd be good in keeper leagues as well. For keeper he, leagues for sure. Keepers, as a,
1: as I'm a deep stash. really high on him. Mm-hmm. Really, really high on him. Um, Dan Hanabry. Did he do enough this year for you to be confident in his body next year?
0: Yes. Yes, he did towards the back end of the season. So he's a good option. He'll
1: be underpriced for next year. Because and then, if-
0: on the, In the, the last three games or so, he sort of proved that he, he's got the ability to score yep. again. Now, if he can just have an entire preseason under his belt, play every single preseason match, yeah. I like the looks and of it. And I him. mean,
1: the fact that they re- rebuilt his body in, in brackets, in inverted quotes, whatever it is, <laughs> he, they rebuilt his body this year, hopefully it lasts through the preseason. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got your underpriced premiums from this year who you can look at your titre, who didn't even play, withered we've mentioned briefly, Blakely, we've mentioned briefly. Doherty coming back from injury.
0: Doherty's a lock. Um, yeah,
1: Beams missed a lot of games with mm-hmm. injury and um, mental health issues. Um, Gus Brayshaw was absolute garbage this year. Oh, it's awful. Awesome. So he's going to be massively underpriced for what he can deliver. Mm-hmm. It's just if you can be bothered going through that roller coaster again.
0: <laughs> um, I'm interested to see if Jack Stephen gets traded to Geelong, gets in the right head space, mm. and is playing a good role at Geelong. Nobody's going to pay attention to him there. That Absolutely. could be very interesting. He could huge. So, and he is going to... I mean, his average has been... It, it hasn't been great this year. And let's face it, he's had a lot of challenges and it's great to see him getting past those. But it is good for fantasy coaches seeing as his price will be so low. Um, So so those are some of the salary cap guys you had. What about heading into draft leagues? So
1: draft, both redraft and keeper. The guy that's probably top of my list at the moment is Connor McKenna.
0: Yeah, I like this call a
1: lot. 70.3 off his 21 games this year, but 90.5 off his last five. And a couple of those games, he's gone high, well, close to 110.
0: Yeah, he's, he's really, he's found a bit more of a ceiling. Yeah, um, he's found a bit more of the ability to to get those uncontested possessions, and not every. He's not sing- just
1: flashy. There's exactly. also some possession and some weight of possession. Yeah, there as he's, well.
0: He's chipping it around a little bit too. He doesn't think every single time that he has to take off for an incredible run through packs. So yep. he's getting out into a little bit of space. He's taking a plus six and kicking it off to a guy. Um, I yeah, I really like this call. So he's going to. Him. And exciting to own I as well. Yeah, so Keeper Leagues, uh, watch out for him in your draft next year.
1: Absolutely. Um, Houston, we've already mentioned briefly. Ed Langdon went 92.1 this year, but 101.6 in the last five.
0: Interesting to see where he lands. If he,
1: yeah, depending where he ends up playing next year. And he's only 22, 23? Yeah, he's young. He's still got a little bit of growth in him, I reckon.
0: I'm hearing word that Melbourne is interested in him uh, because they don't really have outside run. They've got they a lot of inside lot guys, of yeah. I mean, when you're playing Angus Brayshaw on a wing, yeah, Brayshaw's uh, not, Brayshaw his natural not position. a wingman, uh, that could be a really good place for him to go. Absolutely. It could if be you've, fantasy just hell. but It, it could it, be terrible. It could be incredible. But if, if you've got back into
1: gear. guys like Gus Bynie and Oliver feeding it out to you mm-hmm. and he can run all day, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens there.
0: Yeah, I like it. Houston, we've already mentioned, obviously, yep. and I really like Houston for, for redraft yep. leagues as well.
1: Yeah, Hunter Clark, we mentioned briefly for salary caps. I mm-hmm. like him in redrafts as well. Um, Redmond is another Essendon defender um, who's 68.9 for the year, but 75.4 for the last five. Um, also likes to chip it around a little bit and yeah. is a bit of a distributor of halfback. I like him as and well.
0: Solid. Um, all right, so those are some of the yeah. redrafts only or, or just more focused on redraft, yep. but Keeper, there's always some deeper guys, some really, really you know, late holds that you've got to take some of the younger guys as well. Yes, Any so, out there? there's a
1: lot of guys who I've already mentioned here. Florent, I really like, mm-hmm. as a bit of a breakout
0: next year, and he'll fall a little bit.
1: He will, he will, because he's been pretty average, yeah, fantasy wise so far in his career, if we're honest. Um, Jack Battle, I really like. Um, Went at only 68.4 this year, but I really like his role, so I think he can continue to grow and is a key position player. A lot of growth there. Um, Aaron Norton. Mm. Now, this is not a short-term hold. This is a medium-term hold.
0: Interesting. So, um, a, a key position forwards are always, and key, key position backs as well, always been a bit of a fantasy no-go for me. But
1: in a deep keeper, mm-hmm. a young guy who can mark anything that is kicked in his general yeah. vicinity...
0: He, he's sort of breaking the mold a little bit I mean mm-hmm. and he's just so young he's what 19 yeah. this year this is his second year
1: uh, yeah yeah and I, I don't have his um, all his numbers here but if you go through and you look at his week by week games mm-hmm. there's some of them where he's actually put up some really respectable scores yeah. and particularly towards the back and half back half of the year there's been a couple in there that have been really quite good so and
0: and I like the fact that Shaki's continuing to be a mainstay in that forward line so he's he's developing there as well and he's not making it all fall on Norton. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the fact that Luke Beveridge seems to have gotten it a little bit more together, uh, (laughs) a bit more traditional coaching where he's actually Mm -hmm. letting the guys who are clearly the best midfielders stay in the midfield. I mean, out of this world thinking for a coach. Who would have thought (laughs) that might have worked? But Bont, Dunkley, McRae, these guys are all super young. Lockie Hunter as well. Mm -hmm. They're going to be around for a long time distributing the ball straight down Aaron Norton's throat. So, yep. I, I actually quite like that call. That's a good one.
1: Yep. Uh, McKenna, Houston, and Redmond we've already mentioned. Exactly. Um, anyone who's a regular listener knows my love for Cam Zerhar. Oh,
0: your boy. Your boy Zerhar. He's he could...
1: going to be a longer hold. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if Norton's a medium-term hold, Zerhar might actually be an even longer-term hold. Yeah. Because it, it's dependent on what his role is, and if he moves more into the midfield, I really like what he could do. For sure. Um, and then the final guy I will mention is another longer term hold who's a little bit more of a um, sort of speculative dart throw Mm -hmm. and that's Jack Silvani. Yeah, I I I like that. He's he's been good this year. I've really liked what he's done since Teague took over and he's been playing more midfield. He's been around the ball a bit more. He's tailed off a little bit in the last month or so but the month or so prior to that i've really liked what he's done yeah
0: that is a lot to take in as well that is a lot of players we've just given you so yep. hopefully that helps with some of your research uh, and some of your plans heading into next it's year's a draft. two-fold
1: strategy if i <laughs> throw enough names at the dartboard some of them will stick and also if i throw enough names then people in our league don't know who i'm actually targeting yeah
0: this is this is the really <laughs> delicate balance because we're giving away a lot of our our thoughts and a lot of our a lot of our
1: our fantasy IP
0: exactly and uh and yeah so uh, the guys that we're drafting (laughs) against really know who we want in our (laughs) draft leagues heading into next year um, so, we've got a few more questions for the end of the year. So, we're going to get straight into that. And throughout the off-season, we'll still be available on Twitter. We are at Extended Bench AU. You can always send any questions through. If you're doing a bit of draft research, we're coming into trade season, draft season as well. So mm, there's we always, like trade and draft season. Oh, absolutely. There's always fantasy relevant stuff to talk about. So, looking at some of these questions on Twitter. And the first question comes in from Adam Knox, who says... Cheers fellas, really enjoyed the show this year Good on you mate, yeah, glad you enjoyed Listen uh, Listened to every episode from round 7 onwards Got myself a 148 rank So pretty nice happy work. with that Nice Mate, you should be
1: bloody happy with that Well, you beat both of us so uh, I, You beat me by about 5,000 po- yeah, <laughs> rankings I, I finished so. around about
0: 490 <laughs> So mate, you smashed it uh, It says, thoughts on Warpool next year with Tish, Titch back And also, if you had to choose three forwards to start next season Who would they be? Okay, so just quick. We talked about Warple with Titch back earlier in the podcast, but not keen on him next year in salary cap leagues no definitely I not think in salary cap at the cap. very most he'll just maintain what he's done this year and as a midfielder that's not enough no. if he was a forward still I'd be interested but not as a midfielder no, I don't
1: know if he spent any time forward this no, year he did not he is 100% a midfielder only and his score will not increase absolutely so, not and not uh, interested
0: um, and the second question you had which was uh, three forwards to choose I think the first for me is I think I want to lock in a top top line guy So, which means green Toby Green <laughs> (laughs) I I think Toby Green will get some midfield time. I think he was just so good in that midfield role. I think
1: they'll be forced to continue to play him there.
0: Yes, I agree. So I I think Toby Green will be a good option.
1: Um, Someone that I'll be looking at is Rankin. Mm -hmm. He was going to be one of the rookies that everyone was going to own this year. He didn't play AFL level at all 2019, so he'll have a slight discount on his price. So I'll be jumping on next year. He'll be a slow burn
0: but I, I think but he'll, he'll, he'll play every he'll game he'll play games and, and the other thing is uh, he'll you know he'll score probably maybe in the 60s that, that might be I'd his say mid 60s yeah. low 60s something like that but he'll play every game he'll be a forward and he should be Bargain basement price because of those injuries. So he was about two hundred and forty. I don't think he'll be bargain
1: season. basement. He'll be, I reckon, he'll, he'll be, be about two hundred. Yeah,
0: which is cheap. Two twenty maybe. Cheap enough. Uh, and my third guy that I'll be looking at. It's another rookie because, like we said, we we want to load our forward line with rookies this season. Uh, unless next season? something surprises us with it's, who's got exactly. forward status. Um, it, unless there's a crazy DPP addition, yeah. or um,
1: when we look through the list next year, there's someone screaming
0: value at us. Exactly. Um, but I really like this young kid. He's not even drafted but he's absolutely going to be taken by Fremantle in the draft this year. Yep. It's Liam Henry. Now he's a small forward from WA. He's mm-hmm. in their academy. Yep. Um this kid could be a top 20 pick. I would say he'd go between 10 and 20 in a yeah, regular I'd draft. Say, he'll slide a little bit because he's part of the academy. Yep. But a bid will come on him early enough and will match it. he looks absolute gold as well. So be awesome. W- because he's a small forward, I think that he'll be a a Grind Myers type where Mm-hmm. but Grimey has broke the mode a little bit because he scored so well
1: but it also wasn't his first year he'd been in the system True. a couple of years playing VFL mm-hmm.
0: but I think that Liam Henry will come straight in free. will want that spark they'll want that yep. excitement to get the members on board mm-hmm. and I think this kid's going to allow Michael Walters to play more in the midfield yep. which could be a good sign for his forward status obviously True. but Liam Henry will play a lot of games early unless there's any injury issues so yep. I, I think that he'd be a good rookie option to start the year absolutely um, yeah hope that helps out Adam the uh, the next one comes in from Matt Mottram who says I got beat in my grand final by fantasy code due to Matt Crouch and Lockie Neal oh. going off oh mate geez that's yeah, horrible that luck. Hurts a bit. oh shit uh, Billings was pathetic as well <laughs> yeah he was <laughs> yes we hear um, you there it's his second year of AFL fantasy finished 4713 overall not bad it's pretty much in the same sort of range as you were as well yeah um, Would love to get a cap in 2020, mate. We all would. Um, (laughs) And any early tips picks for Classic? um, And thanks heaps for all your help this year. Welcome, mate. Glad we could help out. Um, So, our early tips picks I mean, obviously, we're all aboard Doherty, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom, probably my little pick is I'm not starting the year with Tom Mitchell.
1: No, I'm not thinking I will either. I'll wait for to see how he starts the yeah. year.
0: He's, I, I'll wait a little bit because even with the discount, he was priced at over 900000 this he'll year. He'll still be a bit So of he'll a still be super expensive. I'd rather start the year with a proven commodity in McRae and see what happens with Tom Mitchell when he comes back in, if you're going to spend that kind of yeah. cash.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
0: Uh, and obviously, earlier in the podcast, we said a lot of our... Uh, our, our You know, watch list ideas. So definitely go back and check out some Um, of those. But
1: I mean, I guess the thing is, at this point in the year, you don't really need to stress about it too much. Wait and see what positions guys have, what their price is, and Mm. go for the value. Look for the value guys, the underpriced guys. Absolutely. That's the main thing.
0: Next one comes in from Alex who says A couple of certain starters for me next year are Tom Mitchell and Sam Doherty. Touch wood that neither of them get injured in the preseason. Well, we're all aboard with Sam Doherty, like we said. Yep. But, yeah, Tom Mitchell, I'm, I'm just not sold at the start of the year. He would have yeah. to have a cracking preseason where he goes, you know, 130, 140. Um, yep. yeah. And if he does that, I might be interested. But it, it's a really hard starting uh, point.
1: Coming back from, from broken legs is a lengthy and difficult thing. Like Absolutely. players don't always come back the same.
0: Mm. Um, so uh, from Dim Slickies, who's been mm-hmm. a regular listener all year, regular questioner as well. Thanks for joining Thanks us for in 2019. Um, says Billings Never Again <laughs> List. <laughs> <laughs> I, look. It's a bit I, cool. I love it because I mean we all make those rage reactions to grand yep. final uh, just shit house performances. Look, he had a good year. 99 average.
1: The thing is, he will be a mid-only next year. So, So you probably don't need to actually worry about getting him next year. He can have a year on the never-again list, let the rage cool a little bit, and then revisit again later.
0: If he gets forward status the year after or something, or they chuck him on the half-back line for his distribution... Maybe you revisit it in 2021, but you <laughs> don't have to worry about it at all. Surely Billings is not pushing his average up into genuine midfield number contention. So he's not... I can't see him averaging between 105 and 110. I just can't see it happening. Mm-hmm. To make himself not valuable stage. as
1: Not at this stage, no.
0: Um... And, uh, and Dim Slickies also says, uh, As a side note, any chance of you boys doing a listener draft comp? It's something we thought about in the preseason, and yep. I definitely think it's something that'll be in the cards for uh, 2020. Watch
1: this space. We'll see what we can do.
0: Absolutely. Keep an eye on our Twitter account, because uh, as we head into draft season next year, definitely something to be announced. And, mate, you'll be first on the list. Trust <laughs> us. Um, now, the last one comes in from Mr. T, uh, who says... Can I brag about this win? Even if I rolled my luck, he includes a screenshot in there. It is Trelaw Enforcement himself, Maddie T from Trelaw Enforcement, winning the Extended Bench Cup in its debut season. He won two thousand four hundred thirty-three to two thousand four hundred thirteen. Mate, congratulations! Good job, though. Good win. That is. Fantastic. So, Captain Lockie Whitfield, which was a a ballsy move, and I like it, um, compared to Jack McRae on the other side. I mean, some of the other picks that you had were were fantastic. It was, um, some of the unique matchups were a bit lower scoring, you know, averaging between 90 and 100. The Zach Williamses, uh, Basha Hoolies, Jack Crisps. So, there weren't any massive breakout guys. Yep. But she's great contest. Yeah. It was very good. Fantastic. So congratulations, Maddie. I uh, hope we can have you again next year, but hopefully not you raising the cup. Um, <laughs> so that is all the questions. And that is it. That's the grand for, final edition. That's our season 2019 wrap. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. And thank you for joining us all through the year. It's been a great season of fantasy football. Matt. Thanks for coming in as well every single week.
1: No problem. I'll try to be here a little bit more next year.
0: Buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Miami on holiday every second week. Um, so just to let you guys out there know, we will be back in the off season. We love doing our regular mm-hmm. off season content. We think the next podcast that we'll be doing will be a trade period wrap. Yep. So keep an we eye We love doing that one every oh, year. It's fantastic. So keep an eye on our Twitter account. We will announce when it's happening. We'll get your questions in because there will be a lot coming from this year's trade season but once again thanks for joining us in season 2019 and we hope to catch you again in season 2020 catch Cheers you guys